Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're in day five of our look together through 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 to 29 today. We're taking a chunk of verses together because I want you to see the hope that's in these verses. The verses begin by talking about the fact that it's the last hour. Now that's a statement of hope, not despair. A lot of people you hear, it's the last hour. They think, oh, that's, that's despair, that's terrible. No, for us as believers, that is a statement of hope. Jesus is coming again. It's been the last hour since he left. He could have come again at any moment. He could come again at any moment. When we get to verses 28 to 29 at the end of this section, we're going to look at how we live because we have hope. But first of all, we have to deal with the things that can easily steal our hope. God wants you to live in hope in everyday life. One of the things, one of the things that can steal your hope, my hope as a believer, is someone whom John calls the Antichrist. Now, now, who is this? What does the Bible have to say about this? Look at verses 18 to 19. Let me read them for you. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know that it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Who is the Antichrist? Many people think that the Antichrist is the same, exactly the same as the beast of the book of Revelation. He's this one person at the end of time who's going to come in an evil way, rule this world until Jesus comes and rescues the world. That's not true. Now, that person is the final Antichrist of many Antichrists, no doubt about that, but he's not the one and only. This passage reveals two things that may be surprising to you when it comes to who the Antichrist is. Number one, there's not one Antichrist, but many. And number two, Antichrists can be people that we know in the church. Number one, not one, but many. He says, even now, many Antichrists have come. There's many of them around you, he says. We're going to get to who these people are in just a minute, but obviously you can tell from their very title, Antichrist. They're against Christ. And he reminds them that these were people that they knew. They went out from us because they didn't really belong to us. These were false teachers that were in, in, in the church. In verse 22, we're going to see who is the Antichrist. He's the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ, denies that Jesus is the Messiah, denies that Jesus is who he says he is. That's who the Antichrist is. So how do we have hope in light of this? When there's a lot of these Antichrists around, when, when I might even know one of them, they might even be in the church. In light of this, John writes to encourage them. And here's the three encouragements he gives. Hang on to this this week. Encouragement number one, the fact that there are many antichrists show that it's the last hour. And for us, the last hour is an encouraging time. It means that Jesus is coming again. I, here's, here's a silly illustration of that. When you're sitting in a movie theater and the movie theater starts to get dark, for a lot of people, they think, oh, it's getting dark. That's depressing. But in a movie theater, you know, when it gets dark, that means the movie is going to come on, so it's encouraging. Well, that's a silly, tiny illustration of what I'm talking about here. When it gets dark in this world, when you see the evil in this world, it's a reminder to you as a believer that this world will not last, that this world is not what I hang my hope on anyway, and I put new and fresh hope in him. And when it seems to be getting worse and worse, instead of worrying and thinking, oh, things are getting worse and worse, the sky is falling, how do we have any hope? I recognize that the worse it gets, the more we're to realize that this world is not what we hope in. This world is falling apart. It will fall apart at the end. 
and then God will put back together everything in his plan, in his way. Antichrists, even people that you know that are false teachers, people that have fallen away, yes, you pray for them. Yes, your heart goes out to them, but don't be discouraged. Recognize that it's one sign that it's the last hour and that Jesus is coming soon, and you put your hope in that. How do I have hope in light of this false teaching that can go on, these people that are against Christ? Some, some of us, we want everybody to be for Christ, but there are those that are against Christ. How do I keep hope? Well, I recognize that I have an anointing from him. First thing I do to have hope is I know it's the last hour. The second thing I do is I recognize I have an anointing from him. Now, what does that mean? Let me read verses 20 to 27. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. These verses tell us that, that we have an anointing from God. Now, what, is, what does that mean? Does it mean I, I don't need anybody to teach me? He just says I don't need anybody to teach you. Does it mean I shouldn't listen to a teacher? Does it mean, well, I'm doing a podcast right now teaching. Does it mean I shouldn't be doing this podcast? No, that's not what John is saying. He's not saying that we don't need the spiritual gift of teaching to help us to understand God's word. What was happening to the people he was writing to is there were, there were teachers who were coming and saying, you can't understand God by yourself at all. You need us to understand God. You have no anointing. You have no understanding. So listen to what we say and just trust it. Anytime you hear somebody say that, you know there's problems. You know there's trouble. Because the Bible teaches us, in these very verses, this is one of the most powerful places it teaches us, that every Christian is given the gift of being able to understand God's word, being able to understand God's truth. So anytime you hear a teacher say, you can't understand God's truth, but I can, you know they're lying. You know they're wrong. Anytime you hear a teacher say, check everything I'm saying by God's word to make sure it's truth, that's, that's a teacher that you want to listen to. The Bible says here that we all are anointed, and because of that, we don't need anyone to teach us. We don't have to have people teach us. We can understand God's truth for ourselves. What does it mean to be anointed? Well, in the Old Testament, when they anointed someone, they would actually pour oil on their head, and that oil would pour down on their, over their hair and even onto their body, and it was a sign of the fact that God had called them, set them aside for a special task. You and I aren't, aren't anointed by oil. We're anointed by God's Spirit. The moment you became a believer in Jesus Christ, he put his spirit into you. He anointed you with his spirit. And it remains in you, this anointing. It's God's presence. It's God's person. It's, it's him in you. How can I understand God's word? Because I have the author present in my life helping me to understand it. Anytime you don't understand a verse in the Bible, one of the prayers you should pray is, God, give me anointing. Help me to understand your word and what it means in my life how to live out this word. How do I have hope in my everyday life? One of the ways you have hope is recognize I have an anointing to know the truth. I'm not dependent on what teachers say. They can help me. They can strengthen me. But I have an inner anointing, the Holy Spirit put into my life so I can know the truth. And based on the truth, I can have hope because the truth is God has an eternity plan for you. 
How do I have hope? I recognize it's the last hour. Jesus is coming again. I have an anointing and I know the truth through God's spirit. And the third thing I do is this. I, I need to recognize that it's the last hour and that Jesus is coming soon. I need to realize I have an anointing and I know the truth. And I also need to remain in him. We just read that in verses 24 and 25. Let me, let me share them with you again. See that what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. Remain in him. Trust in him. My hope isn't in this world. This world's passing away. My, my hope isn't even in myself. I'm passing away. My hope's in him. He's going to live forever. And he wants me, he's called me, and I will in him live forever with him. So I trust in that. I remain in him. I, I abide in him. That's the idea of this word. It's like a branch that's attached to the vine. Anytime I'm disconnected from the vine, I'm not going to have hope. Anytime I reconnect to the vine, I'm going to have a new hope in my life. That means anytime I'm feeling a loss of hope or a sense of discouragement in my life, it's a sign to me personally that I'm disconnected from Jesus in that moment. I'm connected more to my own thoughts or my own selfishness or my own worries than I am connected to him. It's a reminder I need to reconnect, remain in him. Now, all of this leads us back to where the passage began. It's the last hour. In verses 28 and 29, John talks about what we do, what we live, because it's the last hour. And now he says, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. How am I to live my life in light of the second coming of Jesus Christ? Well, live so that when he appears, I may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Live like he might come at any moment. Live like I'm in his presence every moment of my life. Because guess what? You are in his presence every moment of your life. There's not a moment when God is not with you. We pretend in our minds that he doesn't see this that I'm doing, but he rejoices in this that I'm doing. But God is with you every moment of your life. And based on my hope, I can begin to live in a more confident way. I can begin to live in a more righteous way. Living a confident, faithful, righteous life as a believer in Jesus Christ, you can't base that on fear. Some people think these verses are about fear. I'm afraid he might come at any moment. I don't want him to catch me doing something bad. <laughs> you try to go down that road and you're never going to live a life of faith. No, these are verses about hope. He's, he's right here. He's going to be here at any moment. I don't have to get caught up in the discouragement of the world or the temptations of the world as if Jesus isn't coming again. I have the hope that he might come at any moment so I can live based on that hope, as if he will come at any moment. Let's pray together. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We recognize that you could come at any moment, that this world's time clock is in your hands. And Lord, sometimes it seems long to us and we get impatient and we think this world is winning and we let, uh, we let the world's ways win over in our hearts. Lord, give us the gift through your Spirit, the anointing through your Spirit to live each day with the hope of your coming, to live each day as if it's at any moment. And out of that hope, not, not in fear, but in joy, to live the kind of life that's unashamed in your presence. We ask for this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.
Well, join us next week. We're going to continue to learn from the Apostle John about the faith lessons of a lifetime as we look at 1 John chapter 3.